Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Perky Avos podcast with Rabbi Shlomo Kohn, where we live with the ethics of the Torah. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to reach out to me at Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. For this week's Mishnah, we begin with Chapter 5, Mishnah 9. Parakei Mishnah Tes. The Mishnah starts. Shiva Devaram Begoylem. There are seven character traits of a goylam, an uncultivated person, and seven character traits of a chacham, a learned person, a wide, a wise person. And we're going to go through the seven. It's actually interesting to note that until now, in the missions that we've been talking about in the in chapter five. We've been dealing with sets of 10. We said there's 10 generations from Noah from um, Noah to Avram Avinu. There's 10 miracles that happened to the Jewish people. There were 10 miraculous things or events that were created on twilight on the sixth day of creation. Now, for the next few Mishnahs, we're going to switch to the number seven. And over here, we, we're listing the seven traits of a chacham that a wise person has and that a goylam, a uncultivated person, a unlearned person does not have. And a quick note about that is that it's number seven represents derech the way of nature. And eight, any number above seven is a is above the laws of nature. And we're going to see that this is actually going to tie into part of the ideas in the Mishnah that I'm that we're going to talk about soon. This idea of the way of nature, that the way of the world, the way to use the world to its fullest. And I'll explain shortly. So let's go through the seven traits of a wisest person that a wise person that a chacham has and that a goylam does not have. Number one, a learned person does not begin speaking before one who is greater than he in wisdom or in years. So if someone's smarter than you, you don't speak. Or at least you don't speak first. Or if someone's smarter than you or older than you, you don't speak first. And you don't interrupt the words of your friend. And he does not answer too fast or impetuously. He gives clarity. Next. Next. He asks good questions and, and replies appropriately. And he discusses the first thing first. And the last thing last. Meaning he has an order. First, when he's dealing with an issue, he deals one thing at a time. This first, this second, this third. And that's how he deals with things. And, and about something he has not heard, he says, I have not heard. And 
He acknowledges the truth. And the and these the opposite are found by a goylem, a uncultivated person, as I mentioned before. So the first thing I wanted to discuss, we're going to go through this Mishnah again. I just wanted to touch all seven first before we start with our explanation on the Mishnah. Is that number one, what's a Chacham and what's a Gailam? So I'm sure many of you, when I say the word Gailam, what do you think about? The Gailam of Prague. What was the Gailam of Prague? The Gailam of Prague, some say... It was a made-up account. Some say that there was a golem, a this clay being which was created by the Maharal. The Maharal of Prague was the chief rabbi of Prague, very holy Jew, and he um, he was created with using the divine name of God. And this golem would do different tasks. He would the Maharal would instruct him to protect the Jewish community, and so on and so forth. Whether the maral, the golem of the maral of Prague is true or not is irrelevant, but for sure during the course of our history, there have been golems that have been documented um, throughout our history. Whether that specific golem is a true story or not, that's up for the historians and for debate. You know, there's back and forth about it if you look it up. Some say it's true. Some say it's not true. But the concept is a true concept that it could, it's possible. And it has happened in our history. So, but what's the, when we say Gailam here, is that what we're referring to? The Maral's Gailam of Prague, a clay person? Sort of. Because when you think of the Gailam, this clay being, this putty-like being, what was the issue with the Gailam? He, he had no seichal. He had no seichel, he had no intellect. He was very literal. You know, he could only do exactly what he was told and he, and he would get himself into trouble, right? As the stories go, because it was only, he was only a literal. He wasn't a person. He didn't, he didn't have the knowledge of a person. He wasn't, like we said, like I was saying before, he was uncultivated. So a golem is, is somebody who has the potential. I mean, I guess in a way that the golem that we're referring to, our Mishnah is not the same because we're talking about a person. Any person has potential to be realized, to, to make into something. And when somebody has something to be developed into, he has the raw materials and doesn't use it, that's a golem. That's someone who doesn't take advantage of the tools that they have. They're lacking. They're missing. Because even though they have everything they need within themselves, they're not putting in the work to develop it, to develop themselves, to make themselves better. So in that regard, we refer to them as a goylem, an uncultivated person, a raw individual, and a chacham. So the first thing when you think of a chacham is a wise person, a learned person, a person whose virtues are fully developed. Now, I want to point something out here in the Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us or asks us what are the traits of a Chacham and what are the traits of a Golem? If we look through all seven of these traits right now, are there any traits that have to do specifically with learning 
No. Now, the reason why I bring this out is because many of us have preconceived notions that in order to be a chacham, right? That's a prestigious title that, that the Mishnah should bestow upon somebody, a wise person, a learned person, a developed person. We think to ourselves that we need to have a big hat and a long coat. We have to have a beard. We have to be a big rabbi. Maybe we have to know the whole Torah backwards and forwards to be considered a chacham. And the first thing I want to point out here is that when the Mishnah lists the traits that are needed in order to be defined as a chacham, it doesn't say anything about learning. Obviously, learning is important in Judaism. That's step number one. And doing mitzvahs are important. But it's not, you know, I want to say this clearly. It's not all just about how many hours of learning you do a day and how many mitzvahs did you do today. It is about that, but it's also not about that. What do I mean? Meaning it's possible, well, better. The end of the day, we all are here. We're on a mission. And the point of the mission is for us to get closer to Hashem, to do what he wants. Learning is part of that. Doing mitzvahs is part of that. But there's also other aspects of serving God. There's doing chesed. There's davening. There's character development. And what we see from this Mishnah is that to be close to God doesn't just mean it's for the people who learn all day long and do mitzvahs every second. The point is that it could be, it's talking to each and every one of us. It's things that we can all relate to, to get to, to great levels in avodas Hashem, in the service of God. Because if you look through these seven traits, it's about developing yourself, being a better person. You're right. Learning is part of it. It has, is an integral aspect of it. But we shouldn't think that because we don't learn all day long or we're not doing mitzvahs every second, we're not able to get to that, these lofty levels because we could get to these lofty levels. And I've mentioned this before, it's that we have the opportunity and the ability to take every aspect of our day, even the mundane, and transform it into the spiritual. And that's, that's our job. We learn, we do learn as much as we could. We try to apply it to ourselves as much as we could. We try to daven as much as we could. We try to do mitzvot as much as we could. Always, we want to strive as well to get to a place where we're doing all the mitzvot. But at the same time, it's also taking the mundane parts of our lives and making it elevated. And that's how we elevate ourselves and get to a high level in serving God. And we can get to very, very high levels, more than we think, very connected to Hashem, very connected to ourselves to have a good barometer of what's right and wrong. So just to review this idea, to make it clear, because I, I, I don't want anyone coming away from this Mishnah tonight saying, oh, Rabbi Cohen said you don't have to learn because it's not all about learning. That's not what I said. I said that learning is part of the formula and doing mitzvahs is part of the formula, but it's not just that in and of itself. There's more to the picture. And that if a person is in a situation or, a, or is not able to learn all day long, they shouldn't just think that only the rabbis could attain high levels in, in closeness to Hashem. 
in closeness to God. That's not our religion. We believe that every person, no matter what his or her background, has the ability to connect to Hashem on a very, very high level. And no matter how short or long your beard is, or what type of yarmulke you wear, you have that ability to uplift the mundane. It actually reminds me of a story. There's a great book. It's called All for the Boss. If you haven't read the book, I would advise each and every one of you to get a hold of it. Order it on Amazon. It's a great book. And the book recounts a daughter's story of how she was raised in her father's house. This, and it's a true story. It's about Rabbi Yaakov Yosef Herman, who lived in the United States in the 1920s, 1930s, when it wasn't so easy to live as a religious Jew in the 1920s, 1930s. People tried to force people to work on Shabbos. If you kept Shabbos, you had to quit jobs every week. There really wasn't much schooling for Jewish children. And it was really a challenge to stay true to your Jewish values. As we know, many people, when they came to Ellis Island, they would throw their tefillin over the boat into the water. America's different. We don't need this anymore. So it tells a story of how, it, how her father raised her and how, about him as well, how he had this belief in God. And that's why it's called All for the Boss, because the boss is God. And everything was for the boss. We do everything for Hashem. And the book really discusses you know, how, how their life in the, in the Lower East Side during those times and how he was just, how he lived it as a true Torah Jew. And what really struck me in the book was how he had this ability, you know, he was American born and you see very clearly, I don't know if he had such a yeshiva education. He definitely learned, he was a Talmud Chacham, he was a Torah scholar. But I don't know if he had such a super strong yeshiva education. I don't know how much he learned as a young person, but you see very clearly from the book that he was able to attain very, very high levels in avodas Hashem, in the serve in service of Hashem. You see how he 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 gets. You know, you see clearly through the different stories that are portrayed how he lived his life and through how she describes her father, how how great he was, how close to God he was how in touch he was. And it was somebody who doesn't necessarily have the strongest background, didn't take it for granted, and still he was able to reach such great le levels. And that's something which we see from this Mishnah as well. Because when the seven traits of a Chacham, what are the seven traits? Character refinement, knowing when to speak. It doesn't say anything about the learning. It doesn't say anything about the different mitzvahs. Obviously, that is part of the formula. But we have to realize that it's not just that, it's that and other things as well. And we have the ability to, to achieve greatness. Even if we don't have the strongest background, even if we have certain situations in life which we might think hold us back, we have to realize that. So continuing with our Mishnah. The Mishnah said seven things. Now, the first thing which we said was... Person number one is you don't speak before someone who's greater than you or older than you. A person doesn't jump into someone else's conversation. You don't answer too quickly. You answer, you ask accordingly, 
and you answer properly. When you're asked a question, you deal with one thing at a time. You ask one thing at a time and you answer one thing at a time. And what you don't know, you say, I don't know, or I never heard of this. And you, you, when, it, when you don't know something, you say that you don't know. Now, what's the underlying factor or the common denominator, which we see pretty much throughout this Mishnah? If there's one trait that you see, what would it be? So for me, when I learned this, and someone actually spoke over this idea to me, a friend of mine, his name is Rabbi Yaakov Baum, he, he, he mentioned to me that the common denominator, and I think he quote, he's quoting this from Maham, a Maharal, that what you see here is that you see organization. That what does it take to be considered a chacham, a wise person? What is the Mishnah, what is the common denominator or the common characteristic that is needed to be a wise person, a learned person, a person who has who is fully developed is organization. That's what you see here, and that runs the thread that runs throughout. And it's actually interesting. I saw something, I don't know if it was a study, that if a people who tend to make their bed in the morning, I can't say I'm always uh, the best bed maker in the morning, but people who make their bed in the morning tend to be more productive. It's even, even though it's a small action, it has a tremendous impact on your day because it just starts off right. You feel good. You feel good. You're being productive. You know, I don't remember offhand the whole study, but it was along those lines. And it's, it's known that when we're more organized, we accomplish more, right? We could all think to ourselves on the days that we have everything planned out. We have organization. We're able to accomplish more things that we want to. The things that we set out to do we're able to, to finish off the job. And when we accomplish more, what happens? We feel better about ourselves. We feel good about our day. We feel like we're, we're doing something. We're accomplishing. We see it. What do you feel like? We see that we're accomplishing. We feel good. We all know the difference how it feels when you come home from work and you accomplish a lot that day versus a day where you really didn't accomplish too much. Of course, the day that you did a lot and were covered a lot of ground, you feel really good about yourself. And on those other days where it just didn't go, nothing went, you didn't get anything done, you don't feel good. So when we're organized, there's a better chance that we're going to accomplish more. And that's one idea from this Mishnah. And that actually really fits into what I mentioned before about seven, because as I mentioned, seven is nature. Seven is nature. Eight is always a, or above seven is above the laws of nature. But in order to be, I guess, to have, to fully function, at, to function at your fullest within nature, you need organization. And that's an important lesson here because whether it be our physical lives, our emotional well-being, our physical well-being, our spiritual well-being, we need to have organization. It's very, very important. And if we don't have the organization, 
We become like the golem, the uncultivated person, the person who has the potential, but is not using it, right? As I mentioned before, you're organized, you get more accomplished because you're using that potential. But when we're not organized, we're letting that ability within ourselves, the potential, go to waste. And that's what a golem is. It's undeveloped potential going to waste. So that is an important idea in this, in this Mishnah to help us um, become a wise person, to become a Chacham. We need to have organization that helps us. Now, segueing into our next point, you might say to me, so very nice, you need organization, but I'm just not organized. How do I get organization within our lives? How do I get an order to things? that I can accomplish more. I'm just naturally not organized. Fine. That is a, uh, a valid complaint, but there's an answer for that as well. Because I guess number one is to a certain degree, we all have organization to our lives. We have to. We are part of our, it's hardwired into, into us. You know, the way we do things. You know, maybe people are more organized than others, but we have that ability within ourselves. And I just wanted to give two pointers on how we could be more organized. So number one is, is that when a person lives their life according to the Torah, you know, with the mitzvot and the Jewish year, and, you know, there's davening, and then there's holidays, there's a certain level of organization that is naturally implanted into, into our lives when we do this. For example, a Jewish man has to daven three times a day. Shacharis, Mincha, Meirev. The morning prayers, afternoon prayers, and evening prayers. That creates a certain organization in your life. When you know that you have to pray in the morning by a certain time, in the afternoon by a certain time, and the evening by a certain time, it creates a structure that my day is centered around these things. And then when you add to it a little more, that I know I need to learn every day a little bit. So it also, okay, I need to put in learning. Now, if you quantify that by, or I don't know if quantify is the right word. If you look at your week as a Torah observant Jew, you have every day of the week, but you're always counting to a Shabbos. And on Shabbos, before Shabbos, things have to be done by a certain time. It has to be done. Cannot, can't be done on Shabbos, certain things. And then Shabbos itself is, a, is every seven days. And it creates a certain schedule and organization in our lives. And you keep taking it to the next step. That every month there's Rosh Chodesh, is a new month. And every month there's holidays. And certain things have to be done on each holiday by certain times and certain ways. And it sort of trains you to be more organized and to get organization in our lives. And, and really, I, I, I felt this very strongly when it was the height of Corona, when we were all in lockdown and we couldn't go anywhere. There was no synagogue. There was nowhere to go. So I felt that the people around me in the world at large, people had nothing to look forward to. There was no organization, but a person who had the Torah and had the Jewish year always had something to look forward to every day, whether it be davening three times a day, whether it be Shabbos. And this, it was this organization that I felt kept people upbeat, happy, looking forward to things. And it's something 
we I think we take for granted at times because it's just part of us. When you think of it like this, how it really helps us to be organized and to have structure in our lives, it gives a totally new meaning to the mitzvahs that we do and to the Jewish gear and life cycles that we go through all the time. That's just one way. Another, another practical tip I wanted to give about being more organized, and my mother does this. I, I probably learned it from her. May she live and be well. That making lists. I, I always making lists and making signs for ourselves, but specifically lists that when we have different things we want to accomplish, if we write out a, a, a list for ourselves of what we want to do today, and when we do those things, we cross off the things from our list. We're creating organization because if we say three, there's three things I want to do today, we know I got to schedule my day in this way that I got to accomplish these three things. And when we cross these things off, it's also good because it makes us feel like we actually did accomplish them, which shows ourselves you can do it. So these are just two tips. Number one is the fact that when we live as Jews and we realize that we take a little bit more of a realization of what we do as Jews living according to the Torah, it gives us the structure and organization to our lives. And number two, the just practical tip is making lists of things we, we want and need to accomplish that day, which can help us actually get there and do what we need to do. So just to do a quick recap of the beginning of the Mishnah is that number one, we said, we explained what they are, a wise person and a golem, an uncultivated person. We talked how being a chacham doesn't mean you how long of a beard you have or how big of a hat you have or if you're a rabbi or not a rabbi. It's that we see from our Mishnah, from the fact that the seven traits that are needed don't necessarily talk about how much you learned how many mitzvahs you did, but rather it talks about other aspects of interpersonal relationships. And the message for us is that not it's sure learning is integral to Judaism and doing mitzvahs is integral, but it's not just, it's not all about that. There's ways for every single person to get close to Hashem, no matter what your background or where you're, where you are or where you come from, you have that ability. And we all need to remember this. And it's something that can help propel us to get to greater and greater heights. And just a, another factor was the last factor is that we see that the common denominator, the thread that runs throughout this Mishnah, to become a Chacham, what do we need? Organization. To reach our true potential, organization. Because when we are organized, we can accomplish more. And when we accomplish more, we feel good about ourselves. And when we feel good about ourselves, we could do even more. And we increase our potential. So these are just some of the lessons I, that, that we can learn from this Mishnah. And with that, I wanted to close. I hope you all enjoyed today's Mishnah on the Perkyavos podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to get feedback from people. My email address is Rabbi Shlomo Kohn with a K at gmail.com. Everyone have a great day.